morning. Turn your Bibles with me to the look of, uh, book of Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, we're going to read from verse 28 to verse 44. Luke chapter 19 is the account of Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And while when we read this story, we tend to think of the events surrounding the pomp and circumstance that, was, that involved his entry into Jerusalem, there's, a, there's, there's an aspect of that story that I want to focus on this morning that I don't think gets a lot of attention, but I felt led to focus on that this morning, entitling this message, Religious But Far From God. In other words, we can be religious or we can, we can, um, we can project the appearance of being with God or being right with God or being aligned with God and yet still be very far from Him. Today is Palm Sunday. It is the Sunday before Easter which, in which the church, the world over, celebrates Christ's triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It's a day that conjures up images of Jesus riding on a colt, a young male horse. Scripture tells us that hundreds of people are lining the streets of Jerusalem as he is walking, as he's riding through the streets. And as, they, as, as he does so, they are giving him the glory and the adoration and the attention that is fit for a king. But unfortunately, not everybody in the crowd that day was supportive of Christ. Not everybody was accepting of everything that Christ stood for. In fact, the Bible tells us that there were a group of men known as Pharisees. Everybody say Pharisees. There were a group of men known as Pharisees who the scripture says apparently were looking on with disdain at what was taking place. To the point that they would, they would tell Jesus to basically stop his disciples from doing what they were doing. Can you imagine? We think about Palm Sunday, crowds celebrating the, the, the arrival of Christ in Jerusalem, and yet there were religious leaders who were simply who were suggesting that what was happening was not appropriate. As I was preparing today's message, I remember the story about this desert nomad who one day awakened hungry in the middle of the night. He lit a candle and began to eat dates from a bowl beside his bed. And when he took a bite from one of the dates, he found a worm inside that date. And so he threw that date outside of his tent. And when he bit into a second date, it too contained a worm. Reasoning that at this rate, it was likely that the rest of the dates would also contain worms. Consider what this man then did. Instead of, instead of throwing out all these dates, he instead blew out the candle, after which he proceeded to quickly eat the rest of the dates. Someone once said that many are there who prefer darkness and denial to the light of reality. There are many who would rather shield themselves, shut themselves from the truth because they care more about embracing a lie. That's what was taking place with the Pharisees who had the opportunity to join with so many others in embracing and accepting Christ for who he is. But because they wanted to hold on to their own power, they wanted to hold on to their own influence, they were more committed to religion rather than a relationship, which is what Christ is inviting you and I into, that they chose to reject the truth about who Jesus is and, as a, and, and, in, and, and in the process missed out on a very important celebration. Luke chapter 19, beginning with verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem, and as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mountain of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a coat tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie that coat and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say to them, The Lord needs it. 
And those who were sent ahead went and they found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the coat, its owner asked them, Why are you untying the coat? Verse 34, they replied, The Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the coat and they put Christ on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, they shouted. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. To which Jesus replied, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and he said, If you, even you, had only known in this day, on this day, what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around against you and encircle you. And they will hem you in on every side. And they will dash you to the ground. You and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Again, surrounded by all of the pomp and circumstance of what was taking place as Jesus is riding into Jerusalem, you see the scriptures tell us a crowd of people who have all kinds of problems with what they've seen happening in front of them. And in their minds, they think that this should not be. These are supposed to be men who are supposed to be representing the Lord, who are supposed to be spokespersons for God. But along the way, and, and you know, a part of me wants to believe that every one of these men, that at some point, maybe early on in their calling, that their heart was in the right place. But along the way, they got caught up in the routines and the rituals and the traditions so that those became the focus rather than the Lord. It is very, very easy for us to see being a Christian or see participating in an experience like this as something we just do because that's what we do. So that, so that we, we lose sight of why we do it. We lose sight of for whom we are doing it. And we focus on simply what we gain out of it. And so what I want to challenge you with this morning is this. To consider that in inviting you and I into relationship is because God does not want you and I to miss out on the truth that is revealed in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. When we focus on religion, when we focus on rituals, when we focus on routines, when we focus on traditions and we make those or we elevate them to the point where we begin to worship them and, and they become the standard for how we live, then what happens is that we are blinded to the truth that is meant to be revealed in the person of Christ. Jesus came so that you and I might know God. But in knowing God, we come through Him. It is not about being religious. It is not about doing religious things. It is about having a relationship with the Lord. And we must never allow religion to ever get in the way of our ability to walk in relationship with Christ. One of the most important lessons of Palm Sunday, I believe, is to understand again how easily we can miss out on God when we prefer religion over relationship. And so the question I want to ask in these next few minutes is simply this. What is wrong with preferring religion over relationship? Why is it so important to, to God and should be to us? That we do not prioritize the rituals or the routines or the traditions that we embrace as a part of church liturgy. And we remember that what's most important is our relationship with Christ. 
There are three things I want to share with you quickly this morning. And if you have your, out, your, your weekly planner, this, your weekly guide, um, the, the, there's a place for you to fill in the blanks as we go through the message this morning. The, the first thing I want to remind you about religion compared to relationship is this. That religion, scripture shows us, is concerned only with repetitive outward ritual, but relationship seeks daily inner renewal. A relationship with God is not, me- is, 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 is not, is not meant to be about um, how, how, how long we can pray. Because sometimes we, 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 we pride ourselves on how long we're able to pray. And we brag about the fact we can pray for hours and hours and then that's not what God is looking for. We, 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 we pride ourselves in the fact that we, every time the church doors are open that we're there. And in our minds we think that that's what God is looking for. No, what God is seeking for is inner renewal. I love what Brother Michael said this morning when he was praying for Fiji. Because it's not just applicable to them, it is for all of us. God's desire is for us to experience daily restoration, renewal, revival. God, God brings you into relationships so that He might change us, He might transform us. It's not so that we can become more religious. Now, I'm not suggesting this morning that coming to church or praying or reading the Bible are not important. They are necessary. But we don't do those things just for the sake of doing them. And all too often, it is very easy for us to find in our traditions a comfort zone to where we begin to just do them, do them, do them, but we, don't, we fail to realize why we're supposed to do them or we fail to understand what the focus must be. Relationship with God, which is what Christ invites us into, is involving a desire for daily change, daily transformation. When you and I first came to faith in Christ, right? Bible says that you and I were, were as it were, we were babies, we we're spiritual babies, but but, but God began this process of, of helping us to grow, and part of that growth involved us uh, studying the Word and, 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 and being plugged into a community of believers where, they, where we can have people come alongside of us and encourage us and, and teach us and hold us accountable, people that play the role of Paul in our lives and, and people that we get to play the role of, of, of Paul too because they are Timothy in our lives, but that, but that being a part of the body of Christ is a, is a mutual uh, 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 working together to encourage each other to grow in our relationship with the Lord. But what typically ends up happening is that, is that there are many who see church or see being a Christian as simply what I come to do. When, when, when from God's perspective, being a Christian is who I am becoming. And, 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 and it's not as if uh, there's a timeline uh, to where God says, well, maybe after 50 years, then, then you, have, you have reached maturity. No. As long as you and I are still in this life, there is more that God needs to teach us. There's more room for growth in our lives. And until we go to heaven, we will not stop growing. At least that's God's desire. It's for us to continue to grow as we are looking forward to the day when He returns for us. So a relationship with God, which is what God invites us to desire, will invite us to seek daily inward renewal. What you discover with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and many who were of their, of their, of their same uh, mindset is that they preferred religion. The, the outward appearance of, of, of being pious, of, of, being, of being holy, when their hearts were so far from God. I mean, think about it. These men, these, these were the men who were supposed to be the example of what it was, of, 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 what, of what it meant to connect with God. And yet, even Jesus called them out many times for, for having hearts that were far from Him. That, that, that on many occasions they would, they would teach or preach about what others were supposed to do, but they themselves were not doing. Why? Because they were not allowing themselves to be renewed. And how can you and I be renewed? If we focus simply on the outward expressions, but we're not allowing God to touch us on the inside. 
A relationship with God is about seeking daily inward renewal. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians 3 verse 10. He says we are to put on a new nature and be renewed. Everybody say renewed. In other words, is this, is this picture of being made new over and over and over again, right? I mean, you know, when we think about, when we think about temporal things, when we think about, you know, uh, stuff, the things we, we, the tangible things we handle in, in this life, you know, what's new today is not going to be new forever, right? I mean, we all love that new car smell, but we know that within a year, that smell is gone, right? I mean, we all love new stuff, but we know that those things will not last forever, there's a, there, there is something that happens to us, Scripture says, when you and I come to faith in Christ, the Bible says we are a new person, we are a new creation. But it's not in the sense like, the, like it is with the world where we are new and then we begin to kind of get old or we begin to kind of lose our, our fervor for the Lord. The idea is that every single day that our fervor for the Lord is growing rather than receding, but it's growing, it's getting stronger. In the same way that, that a husband and wife can look at each other and say, you know what, I love you more than I did the first day I met you. Not, I mean, we, we would be worried if they say, well, I love you less than I did 50 years ago. No, I love you more. Right? The idea is that, 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 is that your love for this person is being renewed. Why? Because you're spending relationship, you're, in, you're, spending, you're spending time with this person, there's intimacy with this person. In the same way with God, His desire is that, is that as we are walking with Him, that we are being made new over and over again. Paul said we must be renewed as we learn to know our Creator and to become like Him. That word become suggests that, that again, it's, it's, it's a continual process. God's desire is that we embrace relationship and not be so stuck on religion that we miss out on, on knowing Him. But not only that, religion is also fueled by the opinion of others, whereas relationship is focused on God's glory. Notice again in this scene that plays out in the scripture we just read, the Bible says that the, the, the followers of Christ are celebrating his, uh, his arrival into Jerusalem. They're holding these palm fronds that, that, was, that, was, that was meant to symbolize victory was meant to celebrate um, a one who has gone into conquest and come back victorious. And so these men and women were acknowledging Jesus for who he is, this Messiah, this one who has come to rescue. And yet, amidst all this jubilation, you have a group of people who are sitting there and they're upset. Because in their minds, it was not appropriate. Jesus did not deserve the praise he was getting. How many times we, 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 we in, in the course of, of losing sight of what a relationship with God is meant to be about, and we get caught up in religion, that, that we discover now that we care more about how, what people think about us than about our willingness to give God glory or to, or to, or to earn God's approval God, I mean, or, or, to, or, to, or to seek God's pleasure in our lives. There's a reason why Christ in Matthew 5.16 tells us that we are to let our light shine so that when others see us, they see who? They see God. Everybody say God. Jesus' desire is that every one of us, as we are letting our light shine, whose light? Is it our own light? No, it's not my light. It's not the light of my own good, goodness or my own perfection. None of that exists. But it's the light of Christ in me, that light that is changing me, that relationship with Christ that is transforming me. His desire is that we allow that light, the evidence of a relationship with God, a transformed life, be so visible that when others see Right? The evidence of God at work in me that they are drawn to Him. And it's again that idea that when somebody says, Wow, you are who you are because of what God has done in your life, I want the same. 
And in that regard, we are bringing God glory. That's what a relationship with God is always focused on. Yes, I mean, a relationship with God, we, we, we enjoy great benefits. We enjoy great privileges because we walk with the Lord. But ultimately, it is about His glory. But when it comes to religion, it's never, it's never about God's glory. Again, if the Pharisees were concerned about God's glory, they would not have responded the way they did. If, if they were concerned about honoring God, if they were concerned about, about doing that which was pleasing to God, that which was aligned with God's will, even as, as, as has been stated in the Old Testament, which they were all familiar with, then they would not have responded to Jesus the way they did. But because they were holding on to religion, again, they were holding on, they cared more about their practices, they cared more about their traditions, they cared more about how people looked at them and how, people, how much people esteemed them. These are men who, Scripture will tell us, you know, wanted to be wanted to be praised by others. They wanted to be wanted to be respected by others. Oh, there, there's a Pharisee. You know, you know, make sure you bow. Make make sure you show him respect that he deserves. They cared more about others' opinion of themselves, and they cared very little about bringing glory to him. If you and I are to um, to embrace the call that God has placed in our lives, we must realize that a relationship with Him is focused, always focused on God's glory. The question I would ask you is this. When you think about the sum of who you are, how you live, what you say, what you do, your thoughts, your attitude, your response to others, is it bringing glory to God? Because if it is not, then you're, you're operating in the flesh. Everything that we do, everything about us must be about bringing God glory. When people see our works, when they see our attitude, when they see our actions, when they, when they, when they, when, when they are the recipients of our, of, our, of, our, of our behavior, does it cause them to glorify God or does it cause them to actually disdain God. Because, because many, many in the church are, are guilty of being the very reason why the world looks at, looks at, looks at the Lord and, 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 and speaks, speaks in ridicule of the Lord. Why? Because we don't represent Him the way we're supposed to. We, we focus so much on the outward stuff. We, we, we project this air of perfection as if we have no issues, no struggles, as if our lives are perfect. We're quick to call out the sin in others when that very same sin exists in us. The scripture reminds us that it's important for us to be so committed to bringing God's glory that we are seeking relationship and not just an outward appearance of, of, of knowing Him. God, God could care less how religious we are. If we don't have a relationship with Him, if He, if he, if he doesn't have our hearts, then friends, whatever we're doing is nothing. How often did God have to call out the people and say to them, away with all of your religious expressions because your hearts are far from me. I can guarantee you that when we focus on relationship, our hearts are involved. And relationship that involves the heart, involves a love for God, a desire to please God, will always seek His glory. Again, the invitation is to, to allow our relationship to point others to God. And here's the last point. Religion hinders our awareness of truth, but relationship brings us into a daily experience of truth. What do I mean by this? Truth is not simply knowledge. Truth is a person. The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. He didn't say, you go find truth somewhere. He said, I am. In other words, he's saying, I embody truth. If you want to know truth, you look at me. If you don't look at me, then whatever you're looking at is not truth. And so if you and I are to experience or walk in this relationship we must understand that it involves this daily experience of truth that's why we call it a personal relationship with god 
It's not just head knowledge, but it is the surrender of your heart to Him. Again, if the Pharisees were committed to relationship and not just religion, they would have seen that everything that Christ was, the things He did, the things He said about Himself, were aligned with the things that were prophesied long before He showed up on the scene. But because they wanted to hold on to their own power, they wanted to hold on to their traditions, they wanted to hold on to their rituals, and they valued those more than God. When Christ was in front of them, they could never see him for who he truly was. That's why they could say, Jesus, rebuke your disciples. When they should have been the ones joining the disciples in doing what the disciples were doing. How many times have you and I been tempted to, 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 be, so, to be so focused on, again, the outward appearance of being close to God. We, 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 we know the word, we, we study the word, but yet we fail to take the opportunity to actually do the word. We, actually fail, to, we fail to take the opportunity to actually obey what God's word is asking us to do. We, 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 we fail to, to step into that, that, that avenue, that arena where God invites us to experience Him, to encounter Him, so that He might transform our lives. A relationship with God is meant to bring us into a daily experience of Him. Are you experiencing Him every day? Or are you waiting for a Sunday or a Wednesday before you have an encounter with the Lord? God's desire is that you and I spend time with Him daily, constantly. That you and I are mindful of Him. That we are aware of Him. That we never ever assume at any point in our lives that we live outside of His, His involvement, outside of His influence, outside of His, His, His influence in our lives. God's desire is that if you and I are to truly, if we are truly about a relationship with Him, that we are designed to experience the truth of who He is and to allow that truth to change our lives. This is why I believe Christ said in John 8.36 that if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. What was He referring to? Freedom is not, 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 not talking about a literal shackle that holds your hands and my hands and keeps us from doing what we're supposed to do. He's saying that when we walk with Him, that we experience a freedom that this world can never offer. We experience a peace that this world can never give us. We, we, we experience a, a sense of purpose and calling in life that this world can never give. That, that, that the things that the word says will fulfill, we will discover that we'll never fulfill quite like a relationship with Christ can. That we are free to be the people God wants us to be. He has called us to be. He's created us to be. That he sent his son on the cross to die so that we might become. Friends, God's desire is that you and I experience his truth every single day. And it's an invitation he makes to you and I. But he won't force us to accept that invitation. He invites us to, to, to experience him. My challenge to you is this. Experience him. Seek his face. Seek to know him. Allow him to reveal himself to you. Allow him to change you. The things in your life that need to be, need to be broken, that need to be removed, that need to be, that need, that need to be worked out of your life. Allow him to do those things. Don't, 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 don't think that you've arrived or that there's nothing else that God needs to do in your heart. Every time the Holy Spirit brings conviction, submit to Him and say, God, help me. Forgive me. God, have mercy on me. I, I don't want what doesn't belong in my life to remain in my life. I want to be yours totally and completely. I don't want to just talk about knowing you. I want to truly experience you. And that's an invitation, friends, that when, that when we make with sincerity of, our heart, of heart to God, God will respond. Because He wants to respond to a heart that longs for Him. And that's an invitation that I want to challenge you with today. Is not just today, but every single day. Long to know Him. Long to experience Him. 
Do not be so focused on our religion, friend, that you miss out on a life-saving, life-transforming relationship with Christ. And I'm not just speaking to those who are not believers. I'm speaking to all of us here this morning, every one of us. God invites us to experience life-changing relationship. And that again by seeking daily renewal, by prioritizing His glory, and by experiencing His truth. And especially to those who are here and you don't have a relationship with Christ, I would say to you, most importantly, understand today that God's desire is for you to know Him. I don't just want you to know about Him. I know what it's like to just know about God. But I can say that there's so much more to be gained when I know Him. When I have a relationship with Him. When I invite Him to come and change my life. Because He has changed my life. But have I arrived? Not, 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 in, the, not in the least. There is still so much that God wants to do in my life. And it's something that I have to invite Him every day to do. Submission is something that, that, that is a choice I must make to say, God, have your way. Have your way in me today. Anything that doesn't represent you, I don't, I don't want it to be a part of my life. I don't want to be a part of my, my mindset and my thought process. I want to live for you. I want to experience relationship. And I want that relationship to change me. I feel sorry for those Pharisees, honestly. I feel sorry for them. Because if only they knew this person that was standing in front of them and what he represented. If only they understood the potential that could be gained in knowing him rather than resisting him. How much better their lives would have been. But yet to this day we think about Pharisees and Sadducees and we look at them as those that, you know, are example we should not follow. Why? Because again, they were focused on what was, what was not as important. And God is saying to you and I, don't, don't be so caught up in the things that don't really matter. Focus on me and allow me to change you like only I can. I want to invite you to buy his news when as we pray. And even as we get ready to, pre- to partake together in communion, I think it's very, very important for us this morning to acknowledge God for who he is. God invites you and I into relationship, not because we've earned that right, but because, frankly, without, without relationship, we are, we, we, we are hopeless. Without, without knowing Christ, without knowing God, we, 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 we cannot live to all that God created us for. The Bible tells us that God created us to know Him but that it is our sin that isolates us from His presence. It is our sin that keeps us from Him. And the Bible says that because of sin, that, that, that we, are, we are condemned, we are, we are judged as guilty, and that there's nothing that we can do that would ever be able to satisfy God's righteous anger against sin. But I, I love that scripture, John 3, 16, that says, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that whoever... And that word whoever is important because it, it, it covers everybody. doesn't matter what your skin color is. doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is. doesn't matter what you've accomplished. doesn't matter who knows you, who doesn't know you. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your story is, what your past is. But whoever believes on him, he says, will not perish, but have everlasting life. And that because we come through his son, Jesus. The gospel is this. Jesus died to pay for your sins. 
He died to make you right with God. And because of what he did on the cross, the Bible says you and I are forgiven of sin. You and I are saved from the power of sin. So that as we commit our lives to him, we are able to live in the power, through the power of the Holy Spirit and to embody all that he calls us to. But that's something that I can't choose for you. You have to choose that. And so if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor John, I, I want... I want, to, I, want to, I, want to, I want to step out of religion. I want to step out of an emphasis on rituals or routines or traditions. And I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. Maybe you're doing this for the first time. Or perhaps this is a rededication of your heart and life to the Lord. You find yourself getting caught up in the things of this world to where you somehow convinced yourself that eh, as long as I... You know, I go to church every now and then. I pray, I read my Bible whenever I get, remember to, and somehow that'll be enough. Realize this morning, you're just being religious. Relationship, relationship involves you and I seeking God, seeking Him, seeking His presence, seeking for Him to renew us. Relationship involves living for His glory. Relationship involves allowing His light to shine through us and enabling us to be who He's called us to be. That's what God is inviting you to, and that's what I'm asking you to commit to today. And so with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I just want to ask quickly, if you're here and we say, Pastor John, please pray with me that I would embrace Christ as my Savior and Lord. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Mean it in your heart. Believe today, as the Bible tells us, that you are a sinner, that it is your sin that keeps you from God, but that only through Christ can your sin issue be resolved. And that that was done through Jesus Christ when he died on the cross. And that in, in, that in, in place of, of, of condemnation, he's giving you forgiveness. And, and, and not only, not only, not only uh, have you moved, not only will you, have you been forgiven of sin, but you will shift from, from one who is alienated from God to now you are a child of God. Again, all because of what Jesus did on the cross. So pray with me this morning. And, and for everyone that is here, I want to encourage you to pray that prayer to encourage those who are making a commitment of faith to Christ today. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you today for this opportunity to make things right with you. I come to you right now. I acknowledge that I am a sinner, that it is my sin that keeps me from relationship with you, and that there is nothing I can do on my own to resolve my sin issue. But God, I thank you today that you love me so much that you sent your son Jesus, that by dying on the cross, he would pay for my sins, and that because he rose from the dead, that I have the promise of eternal life and so today I invite you to my heart become my Lord and Savior make me your own God change me transform me live in me live through me and help me God to live a life that brings glory to you thank you for making me a new creation thank you for making me yours I know my life will not be the same because I put my trust in Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said,